What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome on into the Brass Ring Media Podcast for Thursday, February 29th, 2024. I'm Zach Haydorn. That is Tyler Sage. Tyler, what's up, man? Sting's last hey. match is on Sunday. Holy moly. Yeah, it's here, allegedly. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you never know. Yeah, uh, man, but that, that Ric Flair swore really got me. <laughs> Oh man, it's a little early in the show for zingers <laughs> like like that one. Goodness yeah. gracious! Oh man, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, you know what? Why not just dive right in? I love that. Um, AW Dynamite last night, I thought had some hits and some misses for sure. As it as it as it uh, as you know, the final build to AW Revolution, uh, you know, commenced and took place and happened. Um, you mentioned Ric Flair. Uh, that was not one of the things that I thought was very good. Um, but we can talk about it more broadly. I mean, like, you know, they clearly had a plan yesterday for uh, finally getting to the end of the Sting uh, Darby versus Young Bucks build. And it all kind of built towards Sting coming down from the rafters again. You had the Young Bucks looking for Sting all night backstage. Couldn't find him. Couldn't find him. Um, they go out, Darby Allen gets into a fight with them and Sting repels down from the rafters, big pop, big moment. Um, and, uh, there you go. There's your, there's your bill. That was the, the, the plan. Um, Ric Flair was out there with the worst eye poke and the worst punches in the history of everything. No surprise. The guy is 70 something years old. Um, I look, I, I thought like you take away Ric Flair from that whole scenario and i thought you have a you have a pretty good like go home segment the crowd ate it up it was they were they popped huge um you got to see kind of sting come from the rafters although that you know always triggers me you know it's that spot for will forever trigger me when it comes to wrestling in terms of um you know what happened to owen and you know for as cool as it was when sting did it and as for as cool as it was yesterday when he did it, um, I still guess can't help but think about Owen when that when that happens. But maybe that's just me. But the bottom line is, I think it was a pretty good go home angle minus Ric Flair. Tyler, what about you? I agree, and the whole show right is built around Sting, and yeah. it's a kind of the uh, <clears throat> the greatest hits, especially from a Tony Khan perspective, right? Of a guy who what he's like 41 i think or 40 tony Khan. 40 or 41 yeah mm-hmm. so you know the the memeable moments that we've seen from sting obviously the double mask spot <laughs> was done with darby in the crowd and yep. you know the the sting for a year on the chase without talking against hogan like that's kind of obviously the 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 room with the hanging bats is like him sending a message like sting did to the nwo back in the day come down from the rafters crow style all of that's like, a, here's some of the greatest hits of this character. Let's get him one more time on TV and building to a match is good. Yeah. I mean, I only said that, you know, facetiously because like, you know, the hardest challenge you could give me as a podcaster is give me your top five Ric Flair moments in AEW. And, uh, you know. Oh, boy. So, you know, that's why I bring that up first. But, yeah, I, I thought it was a well-built show around that as your main event. Yeah. You know, I love a good anchoring of our two best stories right now or the world title scene in this that's what opened and closed the show always good 
you know, as the show, the show holistically, which I don't think we're going to spend a ton of time on unless you let me know, we're going to preview a whole pay-per-view. But um, I think a reason I'm liking AEW a lot, Dynamite that is, right? Collision still feels pretty much like a throwaway as, as yeah. Rampage does. But um, is that almost all the characters and, you know, we saw with Hangman and Swerve, especially in that first segment, are aligned correctly. You know, Osprey seems like we'll talk about that. He seems to be aligned correctly coming in. Um, Sting Darby, obviously the Bucks. The only the only team off right now is Combat Club. And we'll talk about that into their matches. But yeah. beyond that, like, that seems like a little thing. But it's huge that I, as a, you know, critic of, of wrestling in general, can, you know, tell you where I think these characters should be aligned. But AEW, WWE, for that matter, for a long time, has a hard time pulling the trigger on a lot of that where the crowd wants them to be. I think they're almost fully there right now, which is a good sign. Yeah, it is. It is. It's helped a lot. I mean, it really has. It's really helped a lot. And, you know, um, it's it's funny to say, you know, because, you know, you took out your biggest star in MJF, who I think muddied that water a lot as mm -hmm. champion in terms of um, – Heel babyface, how are you aligned? What do you stand for? Like, he's the biggest star, but he also really like didn't either didn't want to be defined or just wasn't e either way. And it hurt. It hurt him. It hurt his push. It hurt his title run, and it hurt the show. Um, and they have corrected, they have corrected course on on a lot of that. Yeah, we'll talk we'll talk more about Blackpool Combat Club and Will Osprey as we as we uh, continue the show here and uh, and preview. Of the Revolution pay per view on on uh, on Sunday night, but yeah, I think it's a really good call out, and um, that's why it's important to do that because it does make it does make your shows uh, it does make your shows better. Let's pause there. Um, this is the Brass Ring Media Podcast. It's our second flagship show of the week. It's Thursday, February 29th, twenty twenty four. We are live all the time right here on the Brass Ring Media YouTube channel. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And twice on Thursday, uh, we are here talking wrestling, analyzing wrestling, discussing professional wrestling with you. And so if you want to make sure that you don't miss a live episode of the show, hit the subscribe button, subscribe to our YouTube channel for these shows, but also lots of other cool videos that we have um, that go up all throughout the week. Hit the notification button so that you know uh, when we are live so you just don't miss anything. If you're not able to listen to this live, uh, you can listen to it after the fact on YouTube, of course. But all of our live shows, including Monday Mania with Tyler on Mondays, uh, both flagship shows, my spotlight show on Wednesday afternoons, and Robert Vallejos' Nocturnal Knockout, which will be on the air later tonight, um, are all available um, as podcasts, just as audio podcasts. So if you want to download those wherever you get your podcasts, those are there for you just about 30, 40 minutes right after uh, we are done going live. Um, you can also engage with our content and Get more Brash Ring Media style uh, pro wrestling analysis by checking us out on Substack. We've got a daily Substack newsletter with written features and written um, show uh, analysis. Lots of other cool written stuff. It's all there um, on Substack. Just search Brash Ring Media Substack and uh, you can subscribe for free um, right there. Just by putting your email in. You get our reports um, right into your uh, email inbox. It's that easy. When you're ready for more. Or you just want to help us out and throw us a bone goes because 
those are some cool guys. Uh, you could become a Brass Ring Media member um, on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. All of our members get a free member-only show. They get all of our pay-per-view and PLE review shows, one of which will come um, after Revolution um, this weekend. You get full access to our newsletter, so you get all the free columns and all the you know the member-only columns. And um, you get access to our Discord community, uh, which is a blast with all of our members hanging out, talking wrestling, talking sports and music and whatever else. Um it's a cool, cool way to enjoy wrestling and uh, not be on Twitter at the same time. So I encourage you guys to give us a shot. It's uh, Brass Ring Media on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. As for today, uh, we are previewing AW Revolution start to finish. We'll go through all the matches. We'll pick winners. We'll talk about the build. Uh, it's good to see everybody that's uh, in our live chat right now. Adam and David and Sean is in there and Zach is in there. Great to see you guys. Um, appreciate you being here live. Um, if you're joining us live and you want to make a contribution or ask a question or make a comment um, that we can read live on the air, drop us a super chat. Um, any contribution amount helps us out a lot um and we do appreciate it and we'll make sure to get to everything um today on the show we will not uh we won't miss one cool thank you so um let's just keep previewing what is going to be the main event it's going to be darby allen and sting against the young bucks for the aew world tag team titles zach comes in with our first super chat of the day i uh, appreciate it zach and zach says sting descending from the rafters one last time was an iconic all-time dynamite moment just chills um it's hard to argue with that man i mean i you know i think it was a good call i think it was a good call i think that like um as i mentioned i think the rafter spot it should at least make everybody kind of second guess the idea. <laughs> like, okay, do we really need to do this? Is this really a good idea? You know, and then obviously like, can we do it safe and all, all that? Um, but assuming AW went through that process, I think, you know, 20 something odd years later here, you know, it's, it's okay to, to, to pull that off again in the right moments and at the right time. And, and Tyler, I think this was that, this was that, I think you really wanted to have a good, go home moment for sting but also a really big moment for the feud too and this checked both of those boxes to me yeah <clears throat> almost 30 years really what it's what early 97 late 96 it was, was oh no it was 99 so oh, 99, yeah, 25 years though yep 25 years yeah crazy um Jesus, yeah, yeah. yeah wow yeah i mean you know it's probably something that should be grandfathered out and i think it has been right is there any other yeah. wrestler that yeah. does this so no, no you know that that's that's fine with me he's done a lot and i think you know sting knows risk to take it seems to have a pretty good mindset on, on what to do for him and his body so yeah i think it's fine but yeah it was it was awesome so um you know be very cool they're live to see it and you know i don't think obviously not going to happen at the pay-per-view him to come out with darby with the belt in in that final spot i think is awesome so to see both within a couple of days time is, is very fun as a fan so yeah i liked it a lot yeah so they did a nice job i think of um kind of shielding like what's going to happen in the in the main event because you know for as awful as it was yesterday like rick flair stuff with the young bucks was on the mind 
because they talked <laughs> about it. Um, and also they had made a big point of Flair, you know, going and talking to the Young Bucks. And I think that, like, if the Flair thing doesn't happen on TV, like, I don't know. It would be a signal to me that, like, all right, Darby and Sting are going to win this thing because they still have to pay that Ric Flair double agent storyline off mm-hmm. somehow. Um, and so I, 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 I like the fact that they kind of just, okay, did it. Like, it's not, it's not going to be part of the match at the pay-per-view. It's silly. It was a bad road to go down. So let's just, let's just get rid of it and let's just, let's just do it. Um, but I think it, it opens up all sorts of possibilities in terms of like how they finish this match. So what are your expectations? What are your expectations for how, um, this match wraps up and how they kind of wrap up Sting's in-ring run. Yeah. I mean, let's look at Sting as a talent, like throughout his career. Right. I would not say that he's been like a diva. Right. I don't think he's had that rap on him. I mean, no, let's think of like the Jeff Hardy match where Jeff Hardy's drunk. Right. Like Sting was not happy about having to do what he had to do to get that match out of there and walk out as champion. He knew it threw plans off and, you know, he is in a lot of ways the Undertaker, right? Where he doesn't really need the title, doesn't need to win all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's very old school, right? And I think he goes out on his back. I think that's the story you tell here. You put the Bucks over as mega heels. I don't know how you do it. I would not like it to be some sort of Ric Flair double, triple turn, because that means he's more on TV. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, I think it'd be awesome if Sting and Darby won. And I think that's probably what Tony Khan wants to do. And probably the Bucks, probably everybody but Sting, right? But I think ultimately it's his choice and what he decides to do. And, you know, think of famous last matches, right? So who's got who's got wins right now? Flair and his in that weird tag match. Uh oh yeah. Oh god, if that even Baker, technically, if you want to count the vignette thing as a match. Uh-huh. Uh uh. I don't, you know, what's what's Steve Austin's last match? I mean, no, I mean KO, I he beat KO, KO, right? But before that, you know, it was on yeah. his back for The Rock, you know. Um, uh, what, did, what about Triple H? I mean, I guess he won his last match, but he didn't know it, yeah, was, it was. It was him and Shawn Michaels, right? Was well, it was him and Batista, match? I think. Oh, yeah. Did he yeah. have a match okay. with Batista? But, yeah, but, but, did but he it, was it him and Shawn Michaels at a Saudi show after that? Oh, oh gosh. Last, yeah, official I, last I match? Probably, I think you might both of them? But, but either know, way, I don't like, think I don't think that like it counts for Triple H because no, he didn't know, you know it was his last, last match, match. At, at the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I just think Sting is that guy who wants to continue that tradition. It's a, I think it's an important tradition in wrestling to do that, also, because um, then what do you do with the also just like the machinations of obviously you can have someone ally with Darby, he can go on a journey to find another partner, but. That's kind of messy too. Not that that's ever been an issue for AEW, but when one person retires, do you vacate both titles, all that sort of stuff? And the Bucks getting the heat as the most heelish tag team in the in the company, right? The biggest heels in the company, I think is important to continue that role because it will define up the tag team division in a way that it hasn't for a long time. So I think all that and, you know, you can do it and stink and get his heat back, whatever, and still get the big moment at the end. It'd be different if they didn't have the tag titles too, right? Like if the Bucks had it and Darby and Sting were going for it, I'd be flipped on this. Mm-hmm. Where I think Sting wins the titles in his last match, they do the confetti spot, 
and then maybe he has a promo where he, you know, chooses like Darby's next partner or something on the following episode. But um, so that's that's how I see it going. But I think there will be some shenanigans in there besides what I brought up. I agree. I I am uh, I'm almost certain that's that Sting and Darby are going to lose are going to lose this match. Like I I just I just think that like you really throw off a lot if um, mm-hmm. if they don't like if they don't win or if they sorry if they do win you've got the tag team titles in limbo you got Sting and Darby as the champions without. Darby having a partner. Yes, you can work your way through that, but it's kind of silly. Like it's real. It really is. Like what? Like Sting and Darby are the champions, and someone else is just gonna come in and be a partner. Like I don't like it when WWE does it. I don't. It's just silly. Like it makes it seem like the team isn't important. You know, um, when you mm-hmm. when you do that, and it really is, especially in the case of Sting and Darby Allen, and they've worked really hard and have told that story successfully between the two of them. The other thing that it throws off the most is the young bucks like they are back with this like new gimmick new completely new new characters new entrance new music new everything new presentation um they're the big bad bosses in the company and i mean they lose their first big match as a as a you know as, as in that role and as those characters like that doesn't that doesn't stick well either for like the long-term trajectory of of the company and like the future pay-per-views that you have to do and future episodes of dynamite that you have that you have to put on so you know i think it's actually really important that the young bucks win this win this match i mean they are getting a huge opportunity with that win to really like solidify some real heat some real some real heat you know, and AEW doesn't have a lot of real heat. They get some fake, like, ha-ha heat here and there, and then Christian, <laughs> and that's about it. So this is, like, an opportunity to really, you know, put some heat on a heel team and ride that, you know, all throughout the rest of this year, um, rest of this year and, and beyond. And I think you can have, like, a really nice sting moment afterwards, you know? The Young Bucks win, they they pin Sting. They have a little celebration. And then, you know, everything we've all seen happen before. It resets. Darby and Sting get in there and, and hug. Darby rolls out of the ring. And, not, and Sting has his, his final, his final like, you know, real uh, real goodbye moment with the audience. Like, you can pull off both of this, both of those things at the same time um, and really give your product, like, a jolt if they, if they don't win. So, I... Mm-hmm. And I think, and also when I, if you read like the tea leaves of like how they went about yesterday, you know, they got like the one up on the bucks yesterday on the show, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they had the flare thing. It was bad, but they had it happen. Darby and Sting stood tall. You got the repelling from the rafters and the surprise attack. Like that's a, that's a good way to go, you know, as your final like big baby face pop moment. And he's going to get a big entrance. I'm sure. Um, but you know, it's about business and you do business at the end. And I think in this case, um, that's the business at hand is to like, keep the young bucks hot as heels. So Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I think I'm going, um, I'm going sting and Darby to do the job here and the young bucks, uh, the young bucks to win. Yeah. And if you want to copy 
something that WWE is doing, which I don't think is a bad thing, right? They're doing like character storytelling at a different level than AEW is. I think that is undebatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether that's your preference in pro wrestling or not, I am more inclined to like awesome matches than good storytelling with okay matches, right? Yep. I'd, yep. I'd rather inverse that. But like uh, Darby going on a story to avenge Sting in a loss here, that could be more than a dynamite three yes. weeks. Yep. That can be a literally like I think the Bucks going on a huge run here, like a year. I think the tag team titles need something, a champion team like that desperately. And it kind of solidifies the Bucks being that team for AEW finally. And this is the best thing they've done. Um the best like characters they've been. If they hold these titles for a year, Darby and someone else find the same sort of chemistry sting and he had and a year from now they come back and win those titles and stings there at ringside for the first time in a year. And like, is with them when they win, like goosebumps, man. Like mm-hmm. that's what we, I think that's what they got to do here to like reestablish the division. Cause like, you know, you and I can probably go through the lineage of the tag titles or the world title pretty easily. But like when you get to those tag titles, like, man, there's some teams in there that you're like, Oof. and that's like, as you get longer and longer with, with titles, that's how it gets there. But like, it needs a shot in the arm. Um, from a lineage and, and a prestige standpoint, I think you can do both things here. And just like the Bucks, like imagine they take Sting's bat. Like they beat him down and they take the black bat and they're walking around for a year with Sting's bat as like a token, a trophy of big game hunting for a legend, ending his career, all that sort of stuff. Like that's going to be yeah. instant heat. Like you have a spot where you're, you could be a big thing. You, they could start a fire and throw it in the with firewood and burn his bat and all that sort of stuff. Like, all of this is so easy, and I think it'd be give great heat, literally, pun intended, uh, in that situation and all that stuff. And just, you know, think of all the fun spots you can do in this match. Like, you know, not that I'm agent being an agent for this, but, like, imagine a spot where Nicholas does a dive off the top rope on a sting. He kicks out at one while Matthew's on the top rope. He hits a, you know, a, a frog splash right after that, and Sting kicks out at two, and then... Nicholas did another, you know, they're like r- running through to do these like spots on Sting and they finally, he does like a near fall and then Darby comes in and saves him. Like there's all that sort of stuff that you can do here and like sell these, like Sting is still a badass and kicking out of all these crazy things. And it's a main event. You can go 30 minutes. I just think that's probably what Sting wants as a, as an old school wrestler too. That's like the thing to remember here. If Sting wants to win, I think he wins, but I just don't think that's what he wants personally. I don't know. So let's, let's go. No, yeah, but um, I and and I think look, I mean, I think we've been pretty like positive about this match in mm-hmm. general, with some misses and some road, you know, some roadblocks along the way. But I think they've done a really nice job building this match. I mean, there is some drama mm-hmm. here for sure, and the young bucks. Um, yes, I think they walk up to the line with that gimmick sometimes a little too close, um, but they haven't crossed it yet, and I think you know, they are going to get booed on Sunday night, like mm-hmm. without question, they're going to get booed. I think, um, and, and obviously that's a testament to sting and he's like, you know, legend babyface, and it's a retirement match. So there's a lot that's helping that out, but the young bucks are playing the part. Um, and like, there's not a certainty here about which way they go. And I think that's really makes for a really cool, uh, really cool match. And, 
with retirement matches in particular, you don't always have that. And there's a lot of good choices that Tony Khan has made here, including putting the belts on the line and making that a part of the story um, that I think helps, you know, maintain the drama. Um, and uh, so I, I just think this has been well built and on the higher end of, uh, you know, of, of, of what I expected for, for this, for this whole final run to, to look like. Sounds good. Sorry. I was reading Tony Khan tweets and that he's expanding the pay-per-view lineup. Oh, well, let's talk about that in a minute. So, I want to um, yeah. finish up with the, uh, some super chats here around, around mm-hmm. Sting and Darby. Zach says, Tyler, you're breaking my heart, man. Oh, anybody want to respond to that, Tyler? No, I mean, I don't want to. I'd love to have a good time here with Sting. I just think, you know, the long-term health of the company. I think Zach, Barbara, and I would be aligned that we want that to be the case, and I think that's what I'm pitching here. But, you know, if not, it'll be the meme of, you know, the Simpsons thing where Lisa is dating Ralph, and they, like, watch the video. I I assume you've seen this, or everyone has. It's like, here we can pause the exact moment his heart rips in half and he's like <laughs> you know so we're in that moment unfortunately for you zach so yeah and look zach i mean i just think uh you know it's it's a it it can be a really nice moment even if he goes out on his back there's lots of good mm-hmm. ones you know the first flare one you know sean before he came back and austin before he came back <laughs> like it it mm-hmm. yeah there's Brandy all good moments back. so yeah yeah uh, so it can happen. Uh, also, but uh, Zach's got his own way to book this. Scorpion death drop, one, two, three. Boom, that's it. Sting lays the bat and the tag belt down and gets embraced by everyone. I mean, you can go that route. And I think that would be a really cool moment. I'm not arguing with that a fact that I don't think they could do a really nice job with a Sting send-off after a win. I think they could. Um, I just think it's more interesting if he loses. And you can still have the laying the bat down thing and you can still have the embrace. You can tap all of that just without that, without that win. But uh, yeah, this would be a fine way to book it. I think Tyler, if, um, if you're going to just kind of go chalk on this and have him win. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I think it's the lesser of two options there, but it's certainly an option and it'd be a fun moment and it wouldn't be bad. Right. We're not talking about two things that are bad. I think no matter what this match is going to be good, tell good stories and going to get a thumbs up for you and I, but um, it's just like, what, what is the best case scenario? And I don't think this is it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're in the minority here, maybe in terms of uh, who, uh, who we think is going to win. Sean says, I know sting wins. He knows sting wins, but I want the bucks to win. Um, Yeah, I do too. I do too. Um, But uh, it's hard to pick. And I think that's what really makes this, uh, this, this match pretty fun. And also, I didn't remember this, but Zach, thank you for chiming in with the Super Chat here. The Hanging Bats was an homage to Sting's promo on the final Nitro. I have absolutely no recollection of, of that <laughs> promo. Do you remember that? I, I, I don't. I have absolutely I was Googl- no I was, recollection of that at all. I was Googling it. Um, Trying to see if I can get a photo, but it's all the matches with Flair. So, But I believe, Zach. So... Oh, here yeah, we go. I believe. Yes, yes, I see it. Uh, I could share my screen, but it's like there's like a tarp, and then there's like five bats, six bats behind him um, in this tarped off area. So okay, um, man, what how you know, like, thing looked back then? So, <laughs> but see, like that's a cool callback, and like that's mm-hmm. why 
it's like that's when Tony Khan gets to flex his muscles as like a super fan, you know, for it's this kind of thing. And I think he does this kind of thing well because he has the recollection of somebody like that, which I've seen almost every episode of Nitro and almost and I I would have bet a million dollars that that didn't <laughs> that did not happen. Um because I just didn't remember it. So yeah, that's a cool like final like little like hat tip to you mm-hmm. know to staying and like not everybody could even remember that. So props to Tony Khan on that. And thanks, Zach, for, for bringing it up. All right, Tyler, you were talking Tony Khan here. Um, he did a media call. We're going to have um, some coverage on that uh, a little bit later tonight. But um, what was the news that broke as far as the pay-per-view calendar? Yeah, let's see. I got Sean, Sean SRS's tweet up here. Tony Khan just confirmed on the media call that they are looking to expand their pay-per-view schedule. He thinks nine or 10 per year is the sweet spot. He thinks nine is ideal, especially considering he does three ROH pay-per-view events. So that quote to me means nine, AEW, three ROH equals one a month. Um, 12. Yes. Equaling 12. So that's my take on that. Um, So it is what it is. Let's hope that's part of the TV deal. We can get some max integration here because you know, six hundred dollars a year to watch AEW is is rough for everybody. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough, man. I mean, like, I think if you're asking people to put out fifty bucks a month, twelve times a year, including RO, I don't know ROH is a little bit less than the AEW pay per views, mm-hmm. but like pay per view money twelve times a year. Like mm-hmm. that is that is a huge ask in 2024 when there's so much wrestling that's at your fingertips for way less than that. Like good wrestling, like mm-hmm. WWE wrestling or other indies. Um, so I, that's just a tough ask for your fans, you know, to 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 do. Um, I will say though they may benefit from a, like a, just a straight show perspective, like having those like pillars to book towards like every, you know, instead of like these long gaps of time, you know, where you're December 30th to March 4th, you know, that's a long, that's a big gap of like having nothing really to book towards. And that can like steer how you book and how you tell the stories. Like, it could help them even out, even that out and like kind of just be more organized with, with the stories that they, that they tell and how they, and how they book, uh, book their matches. It may help that. Um, I still don't think it's a good idea because it's 50 bucks a month. Like if this was max, I think, you know, I think you can green light that and go, okay, this makes sense, but whew, that's a big ass 50 bucks a month. Yikes. Yeah. And if they, you know, maybe the big four or 50 and you do in your house style, which I think Tony Khan would, love be, be tickled to do um yeah if those are like 29.99 and the other ones are 49.99 i think that would help just from the perspective of the fan base and not pushing back and all that sort of stuff but ideally it's it's maybe maybe the big four are paid and the other ones are on max exclusives or something that that would be super ideal but we'll see i mean ideals they're all on max but um you know what does AEW make if they do ten, you know, nine AEW pay-per-views um, from a buy rate standpoint? And what do they need to make for Max to do the Peacock style deal with the tape library? 
probably the max deal is better. Is that good for Max? I don't know. They're they're hemorrhaging cash everywhere. Well, not Max per se, but yeah, I think that seems like uh, creative accounting. The rest of WBD is, you know, the way of Viacom and Paramount at the moment, where it's just like losing money until it gets merged with something else, basically. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they do this. Um, it looks like there's going to be another spring pay per view, um, based on what I'm kind of trying to follow here while we uh, while we do the show. Dynasty, mm-hmm. I think, is what they're they're calling the name of the spring pay per view potentially, um, or unless yeah. it's the new trademark. That's a new trademark. So yeah, um, yeah, we may. It could be like in April. And when's the TV deal up? Do mm-hmm. we know? Is that well? It's I think it's up at the end of the year. Yeah, so that could be like a 2025. Mm-hmm. Yeah, roadmap as well, right? Like this is like with a new contract signed in the next three months. Then there's a roadmap for all this content. So we'll see. But yeah, what do you say, Destiny or Dynasty? Dynasty. Dynasty. Okay. Yeah. So Great. we'll uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh, how this this shakes out. But it's it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting. Like they are growing, um, <laughs> but. They're also not growing, and 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 I don't, you know, it's um, the element of uh, squeezing every drop you can out of the current audience that you have. You just don't. You never know how long that's going to last. <laughs> you know how long that's gonna that's going to take. And you know, I think you know we talked a little bit about this on Tuesday's show with, with Peacock. Like them getting on Peacock, WWE that is, open themselves mm-hmm. up to like a new audience that has helped. You know, buoy you know, ticket sales and all sorts of other things and make introductions to WWE or just, oh, I like WWE. I don't like it enough to, you know, pay $50, but I like it enough to maybe watch it once in a while for 10, you know, for five bucks. $70 at the end of that. I couldn't wait for the network to pop up. Yeah, seriously. $69.99 on cable. Right, right. Yeah, you're right. Jeez, 70 bucks, man. And it was once a month. Can you imagine? Like, that's just wild. Um, Yeah. You know, AW will benefit from that once they get up if they can get on the max. So I think it's that's like a nice little nice little goal. If I'm Tony Khan, like man, we got to get there, got to get there. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have more uh, coverage of the Sting or the Sting, the Tony Khan media call um, uh, soon after this show um, is off the air. We'll put it up uh, on YouTube on our YouTube channel so you can listen to the full thing if you uh, if you missed it and you want to hear Tony Khan uh, before the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Let's keep going with our preview though. We can uh, let's talk the let's talk the AW World Championship uh, picture. Uh, you've got Samoa Joe defending his title, the AW World Championship against Adam Page and against Swerve Strickland. Um, triple threat match. Um, Tyler, what do you think? What did you think of the build of this? Uh, how did they bring it home yesterday? in your eyes and who do you think walks out as champion yeah interesting segment um i like the after effects of it uh i mean i like i like joe and swerve um and then page was weird and then kind of came all the way around on what he was doing so i like that he's now a heel i mean at least in my mind you know that that can always change unless there's consistency in the character but if he's aligned with the with the Bucks at the end of this pay per view, I think that's a smart decision. Mm. And you know, who knows what could Kenny be the Page character then if he's able to come back fully? I think that'd be an interesting twist to that whole dynamic, or as a heel again, whatever. But 
Um, yeah, I just, you know, I liked it. I liked the redefinition of the character Swerve. Definitely a babyface. Page, definitely a heel. And with, you know, it gave me that, you know, not that I'm like the Tony Khan whisperer. I certainly think he he's going to make Swerve Strickland the world champion soon. I just don't think he's ready to do it. And that's what this whole segment was of like, if this was going to be a singles match between Joe and Swerve, it felt like Swerve had to win. And then to reestablish that as a triple threat tells you that Paige is going to screw over or do something stupid and get pinned by Joe to screw over Swerve so he doesn't take the loss here. And then kind of reestablish the scene. We'll have Joe Russell Wardlow, spoiler on that match on the card. Um, and you know, go you back love that knows, one. you just love that. Yeah. Um, who knows, you know, what Swerve does after that, but you know, I, I think that was all established here and in a you know, seven and a half out of ten segment. I, I like that they opened the show with a promo and talking and all that stuff. So I liked it pretty good overall. Um I I I like the build to the match overall. I really I did not like what they did last night. I thought the swerve with Paige was just like just so so silly. Like I like I I don't I just don't think that's how you build like good good heat like for even like for if you're turning heel. Like and and so I thought a lot was off of it because of that reason. Like you had Paige come out there faking an injury with a with a with a uh, whatever a crutch or whatever, he says that he's not going to be wrestling, um, only for Swerve to come out and that it, then he gets attacked. And so it's like, like I'm not too much of a stickler on like little details like that, but this one stood out as in okay. So if Swerve didn't come out, then you just would have just taken a back seat, like you're just not going to wrestle like on the on the pay per view. I didn't like that disconnect at all. Um, I also thought that, you know, Swerve and Paige have been like at each other's throats for so long. Um, and I don't, and I don't think that they, like, they're certainly, they're painting Swerve as a babyface now, which is, which is good to your point. Um, but I don't think that they've gone down that road enough to where, you know, Hangman beating up Paige is all that like heat worthy if for lack of a better word, because they've beat each other up for weeks and weeks and months and months and set each other on fire and drank each other's blood. I mean, like they've done everything. And so, and it's like, all right. So now though, we're supposed to like believe that like, you know, hangman's this big, bad heel because he like hit him with a crutch. Like, okay. Like, I mean, these guys almost killed each other multiple times. Um, but it's the crutch that like sends it over the edge. Like I just, I didn't, I didn't like that. And I, and I guess just fundamentally, like if they would have done this three weeks ago, I think I'm a little bit less um, annoyed by it and just kind of like, okay, another chapter here, but as the go home, like, I think just, it would have been more efficient to just have swerve out or page out there talking about winning the title. You could do the exact same thing with swerve. He can cut the same promo as he did pretty much. Um, and it, cause that emphasizes the title as well. Joe can come out. No, I'm the champion. He can cut almost the same promo there too. Like you just didn't need that swerve to land to me in the exact same spot that you, that you would have. So I've pushed back 
argue your point back at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with you if not for the swerve context of what he's talking about in that the promo, swerve character where, or the swerve moment. <laughs> yeah, swerve character. Swerve okay, okay, Shane Strickland. Shane Strickland. I guess Shane Strickland. The, yeah. the Shane of it all. Um, <laughs> you know, him in there saying, um, did you ever watch Dragon Ball Z? That... I did not. I have not. Okay. But you know the character names, I assume, like Goku. I do. I know well, some, of them. Like some Vegeta, of them. Some of them. Vegeta, Vegeta is the other, like, one, the fan favorite guy. Yeah. So he, again, I like to do, like, mythology or, like, anime or superhero movies in, in the context of wrestling, right? Because they're all kind of the same storytelling mechanism. To me, what Swerve Strickland is doing in this promo is, like, hey, we battled and, you know, we've ripped each other limb from limb. We almost killed each other. And in that time like while also now we're going up against this unstoppable force in Samoa Joe where that could be added a little bit more in context here I think by Swerve in this promo but that's what my interpretation was okay that battling and in this moment together with Paige like he went after him because he respected him as this legendary fighter and of of AEW and he got on his level he learned what it took to get there through facing page right he didn't say these exact words but that's what he's getting at right that's why he's framed as a baby face now and through this battle with like now you know he was hoping that they would be able to maybe not team up against joe but be in this fight together he was interested to see how that went because he thought you know his character thought page is out of this so page to turn on him the way he did right is the story of that's that's the turn right there right and you didn't like the machinations of it but I saw what they were going for, and I liked it. It just kind of reminds me of, you know, like if Swerve is Vegeta and Paige was Goku, and it's it it all an alternate universe, right? Where they were going to team up. Swerve was the bad guy, Paige is the good guy. You know, that's not how the story went in Dragon Ball Z, but um, it's it's that like you know those bitter rivals coming together to fight a bigger power, and the one rival then turning on their back. I mean, I, I can get like in detail here with you on when this exactly happened in that show and. The characters are different, but like that's what was going here, and I like that aspect of it, especially he treats Joe like the big bad that he is, and continues to value that title, and explains why Swerve went on the journey that he went on. You know, is it? That's why I mean, it's like you know, last night it's Joe, it's Swerve, and it's Hangman, right? In the execution of their promos and their characters and all that stuff. So, yes, I agree. It's tough did, they, did they land that though? Like I never, I guess it, maybe I missed it, but I, I didn't get the sense that like this was that they really got like Swerve and Hangman on the, you know, that hey we're on the same page here, going after Joe thing. It was more like to me, it was more like yeah, I'm Joe and I'm gonna whip these two, and that that's it. Like in like yeah, I, I just like the I don't know the the mutual respect thing that Swerve was laying out to Page because. He didn't say, like, hey, buddy, you're out, but I want to tell you, like, I wish you were in this match. You know, you didn't say that exactly, but that's what he's yeah. saying, right, in that promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you could add on those layers, which I think would have been helpful, as always. You know, that's probably why you have a writing staff mm-hmm. or a writer with a group. and be like, hey, I assume this is what you're going for when you lay out this promo to me. Here's, like, three things I would add to convey that to a broader audience of what you're trying to say and why it's going to be more dastardly for Paige to then turn on you and get a better effect and have two jabronis on YouTube say it was a good, it was better than I thought it was, you know? So that's me adding context. I do like the characters like where this is going. So, you know, your take is probably more correct 
for the broader audience, but I see what they were going for. I don't think they landed it completely, Paige specifically. It's the problem with having a triple threat match too, though, right? Yeah. It doesn't make sense for Paige to turn on him in mat in in match. Um, unless you do it where Joe is not part of the ultimate decision of what happens, or you do like the WWE thing where Swerve's gonna win and then pay. We can't have two guys working together against one guy in a triple threat match for a world title. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so they were yeah. they booked themselves match-wise into a tough way to get Paige over as a heel because in the context of the match, like is that a heel move to try and beat both guys? No. So I think right. to convey that they had to do it here and it could have been done better, but I liked I picked up what they put down personally. Hey, for effort, I, yeah. I mean, it makes sense when you when you when you spit it out that way. Um, I just I don't know a more straightforward approach. I would have been my my favorite. Uh, super chats. Let's get into some of those. Matt BRM. Let's go. Yeah, Berm. Let's go, Berm. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Glad you're here, man. Uh, appreciate the contribution, Zach, my friend. I take issue with this super chat. I do. I really do. Thank you for making it, though. I appreciate that you're watching this live and. Uh, uh, it's important what we do, and it means a lot. So thank you. But Zach says here, anyone aware of Paige's situation knew immediately when he was limping down the ramp that he wasn't out of the match. If you bought it, that's on you. So w- now wait a minute here. Hold on. I got to pump the brakes because they wanted you to buy it. That's why they wrote it this way. I mean, they wanted you to buy it. They it, This was not – and if it was anything else other than that, then it's even worse than – I outlined it to be like, they wanted you to buy this. Like Adam page said out loud that he was going to not be wrestling at revolution in the title match. So like there wasn't anything to take away from the limping because he, he said it like straight up. So Zach, no, I, I think if you bought it, like that's why they did it. They did it so that people would buy the angle. And so that there'd be heat in the, in the in the swerve like so they wanted people to buy it it's not on anybody that was the goal the point here is was it was it worth it and it did and did it accomplish like the goal at hand and i don't i don't think that it did tyler thought that it did you clearly think that it did and that's cool but buying it and that being like on you no i think that's the wrong perspective to uh to take on this tyler yeah i mean i agree with you uh Mr. Haydorn, that, you know, you want the general audience to be with the characters more often than not on a lot of this stuff, right? Like when you're watching the WrestleMania press conference thing, Mm -hmm. like, did we think that The Rock was going to, you know, slap Cody and Cody was going to come out and do all that? I mean, we wanted it to, but we didn't think it was because of all the meta stuff, right? So you got to kind of combat that from time to time. And yeah, like ideally... It gets reported that Paige is hurt. It doesn't get reported that it's a work, right? And then so this is a big moment where the audience thinks it's just going to be Swerve and Joe, and then Paige gets hits a big move and goes from there, right? And that's what, I don't know, more than half probably. You know, I, I got tricked on the show last week when we were talking about this. I thought Paige was actually hurt because I wasn't like yeah. up to date on my reporting by the minute, right? So, um <laughs> It's just one of those things that, you know, probably if there's 800,000 people watching, 380,000 probably are that up on it and that into it, right? But there's 500,000 people that aren't. So, um, you know, you want that to be 
you don't want everyone to be like super in the know about every single thing that's going on, right? Um, if, right. You, if, if you did want that, you would say like CM Punk doesn't have the title anymore because he got in a backstage altercation. You wouldn't just be like, all right, and here's a tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah Enjoy. right, right, so, right, right. Um, you know, is there better ways to combat that? Probably so. You know, don't leak it that it's a work and have everyone actually be buttoned up on that story if you're going to do that. But that's that's probably more a talent issue than a yeah. storytelling issue. And there's just too many swerves, too. I mean, like, I, yeah. I, I just... That's probably why Tony Khan doesn't trust Adam Page as a world champion level guy. Yeah. Um, if you track that, like, you know, I think Tony Khan, this is my guess, that Tony Khan's a guy who's like, he's a guy that's like a, um, a company. Have you ever worked for a company that had like unlimited PTO? Yes. Like, currently. You know, like, currently. Okay. You know, if you do more than two weeks, though, then yeah, it's frowned upon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, Tony Khan feels like that kind of guy where it's like, oh, hey, you've got a big story about you, and I know you're having a kid. Cool, you're going to go do that. And I'm not saying that's retaliation against like taking paternity leave. I do not advocate for that. But that character, ever since that moment, has not been trusted in the same way that it was before. And that's just my guess. Yeah. As um, So, and, and stuff like this where that leaked so quickly, like – Real quick, real quick, real quick. Like that's like, what is the who gains from that? And I don't know what that is, but and yeah, me and Michael Jordan is on. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So so anyway, sorry. That's just like I've always thought that about Paige, and it's just like kind of resolidified here that his character has been treated at a certain level as well. Yeah, and I think yeah. that doesn't help to be like petty. Like anyway, sorry. I. No, it's a good point. It, it, no, it's it's a totally, totally fair point. Um, and and a good and a good point. Um, John says the Swerve Hangman Joe segment was fine. Swerve is over, but not over enough last night to put the title on him in a three way. I think Joe should retain. Um, so that's Sean's that's Sean's opinion. Zach has a different one. Um, if Swerve doesn't win the title on Sunday, when is he going to win it with Will Ospreay and Okada in the mix? Strike while the iron is hot. Whose house? Swerve's house. Thank you, uh, Zach and Sean. Thank you so much for uh, the contribution. Really um, appreciate that. Um, so that's what some of our super chatters have to say. <laughs> what What do you think, Tyler? Who wins this thing, and where do they? You know, what happens to the other two? Yeah, I think Joe wins. I personally would put it on Swerve at this point. I think you just go with it. Um, because you, you risk putting him in that spot and turning him into Adam Cole, Jay White, that got to that point and then were never the same after that point because you don't know how to book them after the ascent to the world title scene. So that that concerns me as a viewer. Like, if Swerve does lose, you better have, like, a super hot angle with, I don't know, if Christian loses, like, him and Christian better be having a promo battle on Wednesday mm -hmm. night. Um, to remain a hot force or he should be, I don't know. There's, there's lots of options, but um, so that's why I would put it on Swerve just to do it. And the and then for, but I do think Joe's going to win because um, just that's how Tony Khan books is he's already booked the Wardlow Joe match. I mean, that yeah. is a fact based on what we've seen with the promo, the stipulation that Wardlow's matches in, et cetera. So that tells me all you need to know. Right. But um, 
one thing on the swerve, when will he win with Okada, Osprey coming in, is look at the look at the non-CM Punk big name signings that have come into the company and how Tony Khan books. CM Punk is the only guy who's gotten the title um, in a quick succession, right? Mm-hmm. Joe was never really supposed to be the champion. Everyone else is our OGs, right? Am I missing yeah. anyone on that? No. So not that you can do that forever, but you know, you might have them, one of them in the title scene, but he does not book in a way that is like Okada and Joe and Okada is going to be Joe be the champion, right? If Swerve won, I don't think that it would be Okada and Osprey and, or I'm sorry, uh, Swerve and Osprey. And that would be the thing you heat up for. Right. I just think that, He's got a plan in this place that is world title scene. He's proven that if if people are not injured, not derailed, that there's a story to tell here where Joe beats Hangman because Hangman did something stupid as a heel or Hangman screwed over Swerve and broke up the pin that would Swerve would have won. You tell the story, Joe then beats Wardlow, then you do Joe Swerve one-on-one at Double or Nothing or the April show if you want to do that. And probably double or nothing because that's a bigger show. Swerve is the champion then throughout the summer. MJF comes back. You've got Okada. You've got Osprey. They're all doing their own sort of stuff. And that's how he's going to book his world title scene. So I just think if you're doing like a over-under, like will Will Osprey or Kazuchika Okada be the world champion in 2024, either of them? I would say no, personally. But I think that's more of a late 24 or 25 all in at the earliest for either of those guys. So that still gives you a big window for a Swerve title reign. And that would be equal to the Joe title reign, right? How long's Joe been champion since November or late December? When did he win it? Did he win it at full gear? Or it was did December. He win it at, right? oh, was it the world's end pay-per-view? Yeah. It was, it was like yeah. almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he's been champion for two months. So if he goes to May, let's say, it's five months. You go May to August, not the same amount of time, but maybe Osprey takes him on and whatever, right? There's a million things you could do here. Doesn't matter. We have to face the whole year for the world title scene, but there's <laughs> plenty of time that if Swerve Strickland is one of your top three guys in the company, like, is he not? Is he not when Okada, who's going to be not full time, let's be honest with ourselves here, you're not going to see him on TV every week, right? I don't think. I don't know. What yeah, you think. I don't know. Osprey. Yeah. And, and Osprey is living in the UK, so he's already complaining about his bags being lost on TV. <laughs> that doesn't bode well if I'm Tony Khan for using him every week. So we'll see. I mean, how many times with AEW especially have we, like, as a collective group, said, like, okay, this person will be champion. And this, like, you know, things happen too. Like, anything can happen. So I just do yeah. not think it's like, hey, it's cleared out. Okada and Osprey are going to be our – next two champions. So no one can, no one after Joe, no one's going to be champion until, you know, December of 26. That's just not how it's going to work. So. Yeah. This is a really, it's a really interesting kind of scenario for them because, you know, clearly that wasn't the plan to have, uh, you know, to have Joe as the champion. And I don't think that, you know, it was necessarily a given that Joe would be as effective at, as the champion once he once he got the belt again not from a business perspective necessarily but just as a champion character on the show he's been pretty darn good um and it, it, it's tough because like like a star like okada if he's gonna come in 
it's like, and I've always maintained, like, he's the kind of guy that, like, you really kind of have to, like, go with. Like, because that's the gimmick. Like, that's the, you, you, you call this guy, like, the best wrestler in the world. And same with Osprey. You know, they call him that same thing, too. So it'd be diff. It'd be like I'd be afraid if you don't put those guys or one of them, like in the world title picture seriously and like as champion, that you end up with like a Jay White situation where like you just get lost in the shuffle of everybody getting booked 50-50 and you're just kind of around and you're doing your thing and you're having good matches, but like none of you're not treated as like as a star. Um and that is an issue with 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 AEW right now. They got a lot of people that blend in like the same the same level on on the card. They just do. Now the problem is that if Swerve doesn't win, he falls into that exact same category. <laughs> you know, like if he doesn't win the title, he goes and like you know just falls right back into that same that same mess. So. It's it's kind of like a it's like put up or shut up time for Tony Khan. It's like who are you going with, and where do you want to you know where do you want to be at the end at the end of this year? I I don't think that he's ready to pull the trigger on Swerve Strickland right now. He could, I think he definitely could. Swerve is a top five guy in the company, no no question. But I think Joe has done enough to you know increase like kind of the credibility of that title. And I just don't think you want to make that call yet before you really know, before you, before, before Okada and Osprey really get rolling, you know, if Okada comes in and it's just hot as hell, you know, and okay, maybe you want to like crown that and like put the belt on him. Same thing with Will Osprey. If he, he had a really good reaction last night, if he gets that consistently, you know, I don't think you want to uh, feel like you can't push him because, Oh, Swerve just got the title. We don't want to, you know, hotshot this thing around. So Swerve, I think, you know, just like Will Ospreay, just like Okada, just like Adam Cole, just like MJF, I think you just have to wait on it a little bit and see what happens here in the next in the next few months. I think that'd be the most prudent thing to do. And then look at the landscape and go, okay, this is going to be our story for the summer. We need Swerve to have the title. Or this is going to be our story for the summer. And we need Okada have the title. I just think he's a little too early to crown Swerve when you have so much coming up that still has to play out. So I'm going with Joe. Um, I'm going with Joe here too. I'm with you on the on that one. Um, want to talk about Zach made another point here. Most people knew that Angman wasn't injured. That the injury was a cover for a personal issue. So who was really buying? He was too hurt to compete. I mean. You're Zach, you're talking about like news that broke on a website that gets, you know, a bunch of hits from people who love wrestling. If you didn't follow that and you're just watching the show, everybody should have thought that he was too hurt to compete because he said it. So like I think you're to me, you're mixing up like this news world where there was one report that he was hurt, there was one report that he wasn't. And like what actually played out on TV. And I'm talking about strictly what played out on TV. Like, that's it. If you watch that, why wouldn't you think that he was too hard to compete? My two cents. My two cents. Yeah, agreed. And that's, you know, just the issue with, I don't know. Is that, has anyone, you know, Seth Rollins, let's say, right? Like, as a, as a casual viewer who's not tracking it every step of the way, 
Um, right, right. You, you like if he if he would have like wrestled on Monday, that would, that would have been weird for the character, right? Because he said he's barely going to make it to WrestleMania, but now he's Super wrestling weird. Shinsuke again for some reason, right? That yes. that just would have been off on the character. And yes, like you could know, like, hey, here's the timetable. He's at four weeks. He didn't get surgery, so therefore he's he's cleared and ready to go today, right? That's just not. Yeah, you can know that, but like it doesn't help the story, of the character, or the Drew thing, right? Like mm-hmm. they're not making a big deal that. You know they're they're work they're working people like us that his contract's up so maybe that's like some reason why we think he won't beat Seth at WrestleMania right they're not saying like you know Michael Cole's not being like oh and he's working week to week everybody so you yeah know, without the a, beats yes. and yeah like so there's the the difference there and so I like that AW is playing it played it last night whether I like the situation at all I, I prefer AW play it that way where. Yeah, you might know it, but like not everyone knows it, right? So you can know ahead of time. I mean, I'm very confident in almost every pick I'm going to make today. If you just look other information out there, and is that the most enjoyable way for me as a fan to watch AEW shows? Hell no. Do I like being the person at, that watches it in my group that's like, oh, yeah, here's what's going to happen? And they go, wow, did you write this? Like, no, I just watch it. Hell yeah. And, and, <laughs> That's that's my spice level of whatever you want to call it. That my pattern recognition is pretty good as a human being. So um, yeah, so yeah, that, that that would be my counter point as well. Good point. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate it, man. I always love the uh, the point and counterpoints. It's fun. That's why we do this. Um, all right, let's uh, go rapid fire through uh, other parts of this card. Um, just uh, because it's a big. It's a big card. We've got easily black- before before we do this. This is the easiest card in AEW history to have six matches. There's yeah, nine currently. Like this, so easy. You cut out. Let me. I'll do it right now. I'll pull the tab up. You cut the scramble. You cut the tag match between FTR and BCC, and you cut either the TNT title match or the international championship. I would say the international championship that should have been last night. You don't need both on one pay per view. They're both TV titles. Six matches. Be an awesome show. 10 out of 10. Awesome matches, great stories. It's three and a half, three hours and 20 minutes. It'd be great. So anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, man. I'm glad you said it. It's crazy. Like, I mean, so, okay. We'll, we'll preview Blackpool Combat Club and, <laughs> versus FTR here. Even though we saw it last night. We saw it last night. We saw it a, a week before that on, on Collision. Is it going to be a good match? Yes, it's going to be a good match. Is there any sort of way to really invest in this? I think absolutely not. Like, unless you just want to see four guys that you really like beat the tar out of each other for 20 minutes. I don't know what the point of this is. Like, I really don't like they've done a nice little job. It's a fine little thing and whatever, but it's just not pay-per-view worthy. Um, and that's all I got to say about that. It's going to be a good match. I think, I think you're going to see, um, I think you're going to see Blackpool combat club win this, but man, I don't know. It just, it just, it just doesn't, it's just not a, it's just a good match for the sake of having a good match. And that's it. And I don't, I don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's good to extend your show 25 minutes just because of that. Tyler, over to you. And there's always Canary in the coal mine matches on these AEW shows, which I hate the way they book or the Tony books, these pay-per-views. Cause you can always tell like, there's usually like a, who's going to be the, like this singles match 
whoever wins this based on their orientation, heel or face, probably tells you who's going to win the world title match if you didn't already think you knew yeah. pretty well. This is the same thing for the main event. Like, if FTR wins, that tells you almost explicitly the Bucks are going to win. Or even BCC, they're even undefined. Even BCC, right? Yeah, but, right, yeah, right. But more so yep. FTR, they're the defined baby faces, and they're really trying to make BCC heels. But I'm going to go with BCC also, because I think they can pivot. And you don't want to do Bucks FTR immediately. But this is essentially what you're doing here is you're setting up the next big team for the Bucks if they're tag team champions in that story that I hope they tell with Darby. Um, yep. But yeah, this is this is a pretty 50-50 match, but it's been on TV a lot. This is like the WWE, you know, what, 2014 to 2021 that we just absolutely hated where it's, hey, here's a pay-per-view. I know you've seen them wrestle every week on TV the last three weeks, but please come watch this. But, yeah. you know. And it's probably going to be like, they're probably going to wrestle on dynamite next week. Like, you know, in some combination. So, I mean, look, I'm not, again, I like to, I love tag team wrestling. I do. And I think this is going to be a heck of a tag team match, but it doesn't have enough meaning to be on pay-per-view or stakes. So there you have it. All right. We're going back to a combat club. Both of us. All right. uh, Will Ospreay. Versus Kanosuke Takeshita. Uh, oh boy. I am uh <laughs> I'm looking forward to this match. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Osprey do his thing in AEW. Um, I wish Will Ospreay just would have just dropped Takeshita and Don Callis yesterday in the ring. Like I, I think that that's all you needed. You just needed Osprey to turn babyface yesterday on his the show, the first appearance, and now you go into this with more. Of, a, of an actual grudge, you know, Takeshita against Osprey. Instead, they used yesterday to kind of kick the can down the road to a story that's going to, that everybody knows is going to kind of unfold on the pay-per-view and on Sunday. And so I think you land in the same spot. Osprey is going to be out of the Don Callis family and you're going to have a pretty darn good match. So this is, it's fine. I just, you know, I just would have done the turn and just allow people to cheer Will Osprey coming into your company. Allow them to be happy with it. Allow them to not have to feel like, oh, I like this guy a lot, but like he's with Dan Callis. Like, really? Like, just give people permission to cheer for him and yeah. have him wrestle Takeshita, babyface versus heel. So that's, I think you could have made this match matter more had you paid that off that way earlier. I still think it's going to be a heck of a damn match. Yeah. The, I mean, be the best singles match by by far not the best story or not the mm-hmm. best pro sports entertainment you can get but the best, pro best wrestling, wrestling match, match sure. yep um but yeah i mean it's all building the moment where you know Callis is gonna try and like hit osprey from behind and osprey's gonna push him off the apron through a table or something and the crowd's gonna go absolutely crazy so they're saving it for that um and that's kind of okay with me i think osprey right now is for the you know, the hardcore fans that are following everything online. So you do that in the pay-per-view to get like that big reaction. And then you show the replay on Wednesday. He talks about why he's out of that group now and what he's doing. So as you do that, I think it's a, it's a fine combination, but yeah, I mean, it's always so if, better if, to if, find good. If, if Don Callis does that though, like, why would he do that? Like he, cause like, Don, cause Will Ospreay is like in his group. So why would he yeah, want to like? He didn't. Over? He didn't. 
he didn't like that handshake or something. I don't know. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, he, the handshake. What? He, yeah, you can do whatever you want, right? Why did he turn on Kenny? Was that ever actually really defined? Can you remember? Uh, kind of, I, I think. Someone in the I chat. I certainly can't remember. Yeah, I exactly. Think... <laughs> hit us up in the chat if you remember, because we can't. It's a great way to build a character, right? We remember the moment. Oh, but, but that was convoluted as hell, too. I mean, like, I like Callus as a character, but I would say, like, Titan buttoned up stories are not his. He is Paul Heyman, he is not. No, um, no. On, on his storytelling prowess. And, you know, he got obliterated by Blackpool Combat Club while in story they were secret eight, double agents for him, I think. When when he got that big cut on his forehead. I think and then that's he screwed what over happened, Kenny. Yes. They yeah. screwed over Kenny like two weeks later because they were always on his side and they did that to make it look legit or whatever. Like, you know, shooting yourself in the leg when the cops show up so it looks like you got shot at. Um, Storyline. Point, well Point well taken here. <laughs> but <laughs> so I think it's something like that. And Callus can be on, he'll be on commentary. He'll probably say something and you'll lead to you and be like, oh, hmm. he's like, oh, yeah, Osprey mm. said that the. They lost his bags, but I had his bags. Why do? You, why was he blaming me? Like I don't like you know whatever. There's gonna be all sorts of shenanigans like that. So okay, who wins? Oh, Will Osprey. Okay, He's yeah, Osprey. Yeah, he's got to get got to get this win. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna be a good match too. It really, really will be. All right. Uh, hey, hey, look, we've got the All Star Scramble. It's Chris Jericho versus Wardlow. Versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Lance Archer versus Hook versus Brian Cage and versus two other people. Um, I've, I've got the other two if you need it. It's Magnus and Dante Martin. Christ, really? Ma yeah. Magnus? Yeah, from uh, CMLL. Wow. Because I was like, what? what is a Magnus? And I looked it up. So. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Um, Tyler, I'll throw to you first on this. Like, it's. Yeah. I mean, you have the bad. Wardlow promo that you know you and I dissected for like 25 minutes on the patron show last week, which I highly suggest. If you're not a patron, it's probably worth it just for that. I'm not advocating to like buy for four dollars and then cancel after you listen to it, but even if you want to, it's worth four dollars, I would say. But we'll set the hook uh, with that. You'll just want to yeah. stay forever afterward. Yeah, yeah. But that was I was not happy with that. Um, anyway, so that was set who's gonna win this match. Also, like a follow-up question. Is this the first pay-per-view? That Chris Jericho has not had like a match. I know he's on this on this thing, but like, hasn't he had like a story-driven singles or tag match or multi-man match on every pay-per-view in AEW history? Oh yeah, I, I mean so that's crazy. Yeah, that he's like I mean, that's the, five years running almost. So yeah, there's an Andre the Giant Battle Royal of Revolution is what this yeah. is. But yeah, Wardlow had they've they've planned the flag. Wardlow's going to go after Joe. Dumb to book. I hate, and I said that in that too. Like, I hate booking the next match before you know results on two of your nine matches. It's so mm -hmm. stupid. I hate it. Anyway, Wardlow's going to win, get his title shot, lose to Joe. We won't see him on TV for another six months. Rinse and repeat. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This is the Ward. This is going to be Wardlow. Um, I don't know that they can repair him with this. I mean, I really, I, I really don't. Like, even if he dominates and just mops the floor with all these guys, like, there's just something missing there. Um, and we'll see how they play it out. But I don't – yeah, I don't think that they can repair this. But they're clearly going down the road to a Wardlow TV title match, I would hope. Um, and 
this is how they're going to get there. This is how they're going to get there. This is unnecessary. <laughs> I mean, this is just an unnecessary. Even if you want to do Wardlow versus Joe or whoever, um, this is just an unnecessary match to have on the on the show. So yeah, I've been trying to avoid spoilers on the betting odds, but I'll only say this: this is the second biggest odds of the night on Wardlow. I'm confident that all you know that, but um, I mean, gosh, if Wardlow doesn't win this, like, oh boy, I mean, that's well, It'll pop me as a <laughs> as, as a as a biased anal as a biased fan. You know, I'll explain yes, why yeah. that's dumb to do the promo and why you waste that time on that character. Um, and if you're gonna go with someone, just go with somebody, whether I like them or not. And that's yeah. what they're doing. But if he loses, I'll pop as a fan. <laughs> Matt uh, has been contributing some uh, some super chats that we're going to get to here in a little bit. Um, Wardlow's hair game has nothing but L's. Yeah, man, it's bad. Oh, I don't want to ever like talk about somebody's looks, but goodness, come on, man, at least break a comb out or something. Like, come on, you could do that. You could do it, Wardlow. And then also, got... uh... oh, go ahead. Okay. No, I'd you... say who? Like, I'd say Wardlow and Karrion Cross. If you made a Venn diagram of those two, I think it'd be a pretty shared. It might just be a circle, but on like <laughs> the potential, the way they're pushed, not having hair and then having bad hair, um, both having attractive partners. I'm gonna assume I don't know what Wardlow's partner looks like, but he's a a tall, beefy guy. I'm sure he's not doing. He's not hurt in that department. No, I don't think so. so. I don't think so. Um, you know, having some crazy amount of respect for really showing no talent. Uh, by their bookers at a certain point in time. So uh, it's interesting. But yeah, but when you talk bad hair game, it's like those two guys pop up. They both have brilliant. And John Cena too, right? Not having hair forever and now he's got a big bald spot. <laughs> so you can't just like like Randy Orton, if he went back to growing his hair out, I think he'd get the same thing. So it's an interesting thing in wrestling where if you like have hair and then you shave it down and then grow it back out, it's like really off-putting. It'd be weird to see Randy Orton with hair again. That'd be yeah. bizarre. Like, if he had, like, my hair, my length of hair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be so weird. Even, like, a little hair. But, yeah, that would be jarring. Jarring if he had that that beautiful thing going on. Oh, man. Matt also said here, uh, BCC should disband. I mean, it's hard to argue that, man. I did, I liked the concept when it started, you know, like these guys. But, it, but they're baby faces. It's so exhausting to, like, continue to try to pretend they're not baby faces. Like, Daniel Bryan, I said this on Twitter last night where I was watching the show, that, like, mm -hmm. there are wrestlers out there that would literally murder a family, family member to get the kind of babyface reaction that Daniel Bryan just has, just inherently has. And he wants absolutely nothing to do with that. Couldn't care less. Is not going to play along. So stubborn. It's not helping Blackpool Combat Club, and it doesn't help the company either. So, uh, so disband, I don't know, Matt, but... It's not working this way. Yeah. I mean, I think Thanks. if you continue, you need to recruit, I think, a new member, probably a big time member. And maybe yeah. Danielson does his own thing or whatever, or Moxley leaves. And then it's a lesser, you do a trios with Claudia Wheeler and maybe another person of that ilk to continue the idea of it. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think it's a bad idea to do. Not that you want like New Japan style. But there's like a faction who goes on for a long time and changes members. If there's one in AEW, I think that's fine. If that's like, a, you know, this is a certain like hard hitting, you know, if, if Pete Dunn was in AEW, he'd be part of BCC, right? Like, I like that idea, but mm -hmm. yes. guys can yes. cycle in and out. And I think Moxley and Danielson certainly. 
like Claudio and Wheeler probably need that to be booked in a way that matters, but the other two don't for sure. So, yeah. Thank you, Matt. All right. And I know you got other ones in there and we'll definitely get to those uh, for sure. Uh, and, and thank you. Appreciate it. Um, we got Christian Cage against Daniel Garcia for the uh, TNT championship. I think this is one of the better built matches on the show, to be honest. Um, I think Christian anchors that uh, because he's mm-hmm. such a good heel. And that's why being a good heel is so important because it's easy to build a f- feud off of. And to me, I see Daniel Garcia winning the TNT title here. I think you're going to see some involvement with Adam Copeland. You're going to be able to get that belt off of Christian. And then you can do the Copeland Christian blow off that Adam Copeland can win without having to saddle him with the TNT championship. So this is like a perfectly booked. I think this is like a as perfectly of a booked match and program that you that you've had in AEW. Like this all checks out. It maps out good. Daniel Garcia is at the point where it feels like he's ready for that win and ready for that singles title. And you know, Copeland, you just don't want him having that title. He's just you just don't like. That's like you know like 2000 rock winning the IC title. Like, it's just weird. It's just, you wouldn't do that. It's too big for it. Um, this is a way around that. And it's a smart way around that. So I think they've done a really nice job here. Um, I'm picking Daniel Garcia to, to win the title. If you're Tony Khan, put yourself in his shoes, right? You have to rank right now, February 29th on the sleep day. Uh, what do you what is the like rank in order the prestigiousness of these three things christian cage adam copeland the tnt title oh cage copeland title Hmm. like in order of like how prestigious they are yeah like what he yeah i think for tony khan i think that's the correct order that you just said i think tony khan has copeland third if I'm being honest with you, I think he oh, values that TNT title. Okay. All right. All right. More than, Maybe. More than, like what he's done with Copeland doesn't tell me that he sees anything. Right. So I, I think same thing with Swerve. I really think that like Tony Khan's really close to pulling the trigger here, but I think he's like, I think he loses, he gets screwed over here and cage still retains. And then maybe, Garcia wins it shortly. Could be on TV in two weeks or something. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. maybe Copeland does something to interfere, and it's a DQ victory for um, for Cage, and therefore Garcia doesn't retain, et cetera. And then they get their heat back in that last moment or whatever. But I just, I just don't. I think Garcia and Swerve on the same place in different levels, and he's not ready to pull the trigger on either. So I'll, I'll go with Cage. But okay. I agree with you. Like, if I'm booking this, I, I get it off of him and have this blow off, not for the title, because it just makes things harder. But, you know. Well, and then, we, like, too, you could, like, if it's off of him, you know, you, you have, like, different options down the road, too. You know, you've got, you can do, obviously, another Copeland match. You can do, you know, if they do put the title on Swerve, you can do Cage versus Swerve and have that be a little program. You can have Cage work Osprey and work Okada and like not have the TNT title kind of like hold that whole thing down. Um, so like the Cage, I just want to be clear about this. Cage losing the title in my eyes is not, um, it's not like a 
taking Christian down. It's getting the belt off of him so that he could actually do things higher up on the mm-hmm. card um, because he doesn't have that mid card title. Like that, that's kind of mm-hmm. like my pseudo argument here. I agree with you again, but we're projecting what we think is going to happen. Now what should happen, right? Correct. So I don't think Tony, like, do you think Tony Khan has Christian Cage in a singles world title match again? I mean, I mean, like he should. Yeah, I agree. He should, but do you think he will? Is what I'm trying to ask you. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I guess I don't. I guess I yeah, I certainly would not bet any money on it. No, he's probably not going to wrestle Osprey or Okada, right? Oh, what? I mean, that'd be crazy. Like in a a title match, he should. I just think he values like that's why I asked you that question. Yeah, I I just don't think he puts those guys in the same like division, right? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. he's the king. I think he's the king of like good storytelling for stuff that doesn't. Really, like I think to Tony Khan, not to me. Mm-hmm. I think Cage can work with with or without a belt. I don't think belts matter really ever, except for when you want to really like make somebody a guy, right? It would work with Roman to make him heal. It would work with Cody, etc. But yeah, if Cage does not have that belt and he's doing Orange Cassidy, Daniel Garcia, that sort of stuff, it. I don't think in Tony Khan's mind it's as important. So he won't book it in a way that's important. And if he loses it and Swerve wins and Cage takes on Swerve after Swerve beats Wardlow, let's say in this equation, I just don't think he thinks of that as like pay-per-view world title, maybe, maybe a TV world title, but certainly I would, I would bet that Tony Khan does not have Christian Cage in a pay-per-view world title, including when there's 10. Do you Favorite think? Do you like? What do you think changed? Because I think you're like there's. You could easily be right, uh, for sure. But like he's been in pay per view world title matches before, you know. Like yeah. why? Like and why? I, it just it'd be funny for him not to like think of him as some as that guy after the run that he's had because he was way colder when he had the world when he had the world title pay per view matches than he is now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I so, think. Oh, it's hard because, you know, not that I think exactly like Tony Khan, but I think when I'm thinking, when I'm giving you these booking decisions, I bring that up a lot because I think Tony Khan and I probably have similar ideas in a lot of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. We, we kind of like the same stuff in wrestling. We kind of like the same people. Like I would probably book a lot of, the, you know, with, with editors and stuff like that. But I think either he doesn't like that goofy heel in the world title scene. And I know you were the first person to be like, Hey, MJF, but like, he was not like a goofy heel in that way that cage is. And the most important thing is I think Tony Khan, again, what I said earlier, it's just a guess like the PTO thing, I think can relate to wrestlers as well. Right? Like he's a super nice guy, but he probably thought Christian was a boring as hell wrestler at 49 doing the jump over the top rope punt uppercut thing and doing Mm -hmm. the exact same formulaic match. I think that's what's going on with Copeland right now is that he kind of thinks these guys are boring in the ring and books them in a certain way because he does not like think they deserve to be at a level and he's never going to tell them that, but it's like his passive aggressive way of saying like, Hey, you, I don't know. For some reason I thought you were 38 and you're 50. So (laughs) uh, I, I effed up and we're going to make this work, but you're not Osprey. You're not Jay white. You're not swerve. You're not Joe. You know, you can't, be different enough in the ring to do it. And is that correct? Like, I don't think so. I think edge and Christian are still guys that can do super top tier stuff. I just think that's how Tony Khan's brain works. 
and it's hard for him to get past. We've seen that with just how he books important things to him. It's hard for him. Like when someone gets injured, you hear about it 50 times about how it's like, oh man, that's crazy. Like so many people are injured. You're lucky you're even getting a TV show every week. Like it's very hard, I think, for him to get past certain things that he deems as yeah. proofs in, in, a, in a math sense, right? I, uh, that's a good psychoanalysis of, uh, of Tony Khan. Good stuff, man. Um, Matt says here, Daniel Garcia needs to put on weight. He's to put weight on to be taken seriously. Uh, what do you think about Daniel Garcia uh, and his little like kind of rebirth here? I, I'm surprised that they've been able to get him back because they did him so dirty back when he was doing the, the Jericho stuff. I mean, like just awful. There's like a here you're on this run. Now let's hit you with a snow shovel and you're just back down, like just whack. See you later, but see you later, kid. They just, I mean, just. It was brutal, but you know, to his credit, there is something there. There's something innate there. Like there's just a connection that he has, and the dancing is stupid and it's silly. And I hope he gets, he, I hope he fades it out. But there is still that connection, and uh, like, so you know, you go with it. I, I think, I think you can go with it, Matt. I like, and he's a young guy. He has a lot of years left in him. I don't. I mean, would it be nice if he was a little bit bigger? Sure, but I don't. I don't think that's an issue. At least not to me, Matt. Tyler. Yeah. Uh, well, I got bad news for you. Have you seen his like graphic? His name graphic. No. When he comes uh, out. God. No, all right. Uh, just, I mean, I guess not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's it says Danny Garcia, and it's got like the the silhouette of him dancing in between the two. So. It's so uh, bad, just, man. Just, 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 just like, just, just like, give yourself a baseline of that information. Here's what I would. Do. I said all these nice things about. Yeah. I almost cut you off in the middle to like not let you go on a good run here, and then like totally pop your balloon. But no, I'm yeah. on tape. I'm on. Re- I'm recorded saying how much I like Dana Garcia. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, Mark for You. Um, um. So yeah, here's what I would do, Dana Garcia. I like what he's doing. I think the way AW books. You know, is he Orange Cassidy? No. So, like, where does that leave you? You're like an elevated Wheeler Utah, right? I think all those guys are kind of similar because they're same body type and same, like, overness level, right? Somewhere between those two. So, what do you need to do? I don't know. But, like, to me, if I'm the biggest Dana Garcia fan in the world, if I'm Tony Khan, is I basically make him Kurt Angle 2.0. Not mm-hmm. that he's a gold medalist, but he's a hell of a wrestler who can work and can also be kind of goofy and funny at the same time. And, you know, if you ask people, you know, Kurt Angle's an interesting legend in the business, obviously going away, having great matches, overcoming a lot of addiction stuff. But like, if you, I think you and I have a way different perspective of Kurt Angle than someone even like five years younger than us. Um, Cause like five years younger for us, he's like the, the good working, like the guy who was in, world title matches a lot, but was our truth at the same time. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of his perspective of like the working clown. And then mm-hmm. that's like, seems mean, but that's like an important character in wrestling. I think Garcia can be some modern version of that is like the best case scenario for him of like, that's a major guy. If you, if, if, if any wrestler in the world would be upset and I'm not saying he would be, but like, would be like, Hey, we want to make you Kurt Angle 2024. You'd be like, uh, yes, please sign me up. I get TV time and become a huge star. 
I think that's like the best case scenario for him. So I don't know if that was that the original question. I'll yeah. wait to be taken more seriously. Yeah, same thing, right? Like, I think if he's, I don't know, are they the same height? I don't know how, how tall is Garcia? Kurt? I guess in the AEW terms, he's shorter than Kurt Angle, but yeah. Kurt Angle is shorter than a lot of guys in WWE the same way Garcia is. So, right. yeah, just like whatever. You don't have to be like on the juice, but um, just don't get some, on the juice. Yeah, some sort of change. You know, drop the baggy pants maybe. Um, yeah, and do do the Okada pants or something? They're Okada like uh, hot hot shorts thing, like not a speedo, mm-hmm. but the in between, just little things like that. And yeah, I don't know. This is kind of got off rail, but um, that's what I would do if I was coaching and agenting for Dana Garcia. Is I put him in some sort of role like that. He could, I, yeah. I think he's in the right spot right now. Finally, um, that's important too. You know. So we'll see what happens with them. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it. All right, let's keep going here with the – we don't have too many more to go, which is crazy to say. Um, oh, boy. Uh, boy, yeah. I don't even know that I want to – AW International Championship, Orange Cassidy versus Roderick Strong. This is another match, guys, that just is – like it's overbloating this card um, for sure. Like I, I just – this match is just a trigger for me that just reinforces how bad things have gone for the undisputed kingdom story. Like my goodness, like this, this story has just completely fallen off the rails, you know, and I don't know. I'm sure that there's a part of Tony Khan that feels like he's got to give Roderick strong a win here to like, try to keep that thing on track, but, or not even on track, but like away from death, like, but there's not much of a story here. Nobody, I, I just, I don't think Roderick Strong just does it. He doesn't do it. As soon as he like lets go of like the goofy personality, which is which he had to do if they're going to do this faction, he's just loses all, all of his charisma and, he's just not a guy that should be near like titles and, and at the, this part of the card. And so I, I don't know what the odds are. I don't want to, you don't have to tell me, uh, but I, 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 I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think, I think they're going to go strong here. I think strong's going to win um, to try to give this faction, you know, between that and Wardlow and Cole coming back, like, I don't think that – I just don't get the sense that that Tony Khan wants to abandon ship on this, even though he should. Um, so And he tries to book his way out of it. So I think you can do this match on collision, but uh, if it's going to be on pay-per-view, I think you do a big title change or a title change, and I think you put it over strong here. So that's my pick. I'm taking Roderick. Yeah, big title change is an interesting yeah. way to describe yes, it. Yes. Um, <laughs> I didn't need it. I know, I know. Um, I agree. I think Cole not being on TV the last couple of weeks tells you he's closer to coming back yeah. than not. Yep. Yep. Well, we talked with Wardlow, right? If you want to make this group work, which again, it's all ties back to Tony Khan for me. Hard time deviating from a plan that's on course. Um, yes. And, you know, is it is it Swerve and Cole? I mean, that would work for a title match so well. Anyway, if if... Roddy is your international champion. 
and then Wardlow's going for the world title. It just makes sense for Cole to come back at that point in his group looking strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I think the story they're going to tell here. Cassidy doesn't need an international title anymore. I'd like him to move up the card. Will he? I don't know. So it could be a you know, silver lining if that does happen, but they're not abandoning the story. And that just tells me that it's all for Cole. And Tony kind of has a hard time dropping stuff when it needs to be dropped on, on, you know, top six guys and their stories and what's going around around it. That's what I think is happening here. Agree. All right. We've got the AW continental crown championship, another championship on the line. Boy, that's, that's amazing. Um, Eddie Kingston defending against Brian Danielson. Tyler, I'll let you take this one first. Do we still know if this is like, if you win this, you get the ROH title. And then New Japan Openweight title. So I mean, it's they, they have it classified as the Continental Crown yeah. Championship. So I think it is all three. Yes. Well, because Eddie has all the belts on him whenever he does that. Like they're not all one belt. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So anyway, I don't think we're I gonna would... know. I think I don't think we're gonna find out. Is the moral of the story? <laughs> I think Eddie wins here. Um, it's probably again another really good match. A lot of chest slapping. Good time, I would say. Yeah. Um, where Danielson is cheered, so is Eddie, but people will cheer for Eddie more so at the end. And, you know, they'll shake hands, whatever. But a solid match against Danielson and Eddie, that's why it's on. But when a year from now and this title is Daniel Garcia versus Wheeler Yuta, put it on TV. But because of these two guys, it is what it is. Yep, I agree. I think Eddie wins this one. I think you finally get like the handshake here. They've been talking that up. They've been, that's been like an essence of this story is like, is Danielson going to ever give Eddie the respect that he deserves? And I think you, I think you get it here. You know, in another yeah. kind of weird swerve for Danielson because that's a babyface move. Um, but that's the story with him. So and they, they, well, I mean, you're not going to do it with Eddie right now, but they'd be a great tag team to go against the Bucks. Like if they're on like a big long yeah. run, yeah, they as, would. As he, Heel tag team, I think that'd be awesome. So. Yes, yeah, that would be. So I mean, I mean, and that's a, okay. Like I'm on board for that if if they tell that story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if they will or not, but that would work. That would work. And I and, and yeah, this is a, you know the end of this Kingston Danielson you know respect storyline. So you know mm-hmm. I'm here for it. It's another title. We don't need that, but you know it it, it is here, and so I think they've done a good enough job for this where it's going to be on the card mm-hmm. uh and then last but not least we've got the aw women's world championship tony storm against diana perrazzo um it, it was interesting that we didn't have much build for this um yesterday on the go home dynamite i think that's for the better to be honest i had written about this for a few weeks um that you know i think they got the feud to where they needed to like they needed this match to happen like two weeks ago uh, to really capitalize on its full momentum. And I, I just don't think like last week for the feud, it was just bad. Like you had a bad match with Perrazzo. Um, Tony storm was like, just looking silly out there to me and they just didn't need any more. And so I'm glad they just kind of left it. I'm glad they just left it where it is. It feels like a big enough match for pay-per-view. Perrazzo has been good for the most part. Tony storm, you know, I think she's got some, bigger matches on the horizon, you know, with Mercedes Monet coming in. So like, this is to me like a fine holdover match that I think storm wins. I agree. I, so Deanna, I think she's done 
good work as being like yeah. a top woman. In she the, really in has. Division. Yeah. You know, if, if Sky Blue can get, and I don't even dislike Sky Blue a lot. It's just like, I feel like she has dirt on Tony or something. She's like the most booked, consistently booked woman on television in AEW history. So if, is, man. if, if Deanna could <laughs> get similar booking, uh, I think that would be great to maintain her momentum and keep her as a, in the forefront. But yeah. your uh, for the visual viewers, they probably saw my face do a little 90 degree turn when you said you were surprised that this didn't get like a go home aspect of it. And I would counter that AEW is not known for their, you know, their go home segments for their women's title matches. Um, True. Well, it's yeah, just I, but I, like Tony Storm's always on TV. Like, so that's yeah. why, I mean, more than that, I'm just like, Tony Khan likes putting her on. Um, yeah, but I mean, it didn't again, need one. Though, that's for sure. No, I mean, yeah, uh, I think Tony Khan might not have a lot of female performers if he did feel like he didn't have to. Is, yeah. is how I've always thought. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think he was? Do you think there was not a segment this week because he was a conscious decision, or he just forgot that he had a women's title match to book for? for Saving it. For Maybe saving it for collision. How about that? collision? Oh, okay. All right. Well, there we go, guys. AW Revolution. Um, let's get to some uh, our final super chats here. Um, Sean says Roderick Sean cannot win on Sunday. That faction is ice cold. Yeah, listen, I get it. Ice cold. If there was like a, if you could be colder than ice cold, like that's what they are. Um, I my point here, my point in picking strong, and I think Tyler's yours too, is because. You're gonna to try to heat it back up somehow with the with these wins with Wardlow and with Strong, and so, I, you know, for better or worse, I think that's what's gonna happen, um, Sean. Yep. Um, all right. Um, from Matt here. Uh, let's see here. Matt says, "I don't like long title reigns. AW either needs two titles and two brands, or will be okay with the titles switching hands more frequently." Yeah. Interesting. Um, interesting take, Matt Tyler. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't agree per se, but, you know, I agree that not every title reign needs to be like, okay, you definitely go at least two pay-per-views before you lose it. Because then you get into the thing of like, okay, well, uh, you, um, you know, whoever gets that, like Wardlow winning, let's say Swerve wins and Wardlow comes up, you know whoever is that first opponent. It just has no chance to win ever, right? Occasionally, you need to have title reigns that are a little shorter. And... You know, that you have need transitional champions from time to time, right? And I think Joe losing here would be totally fine. I don't think it's going to happen, but that would keep you on your toes as opposed to like, hey, when I'm when you're a title, when you win a title, you're going to have it at least six months, right? So then every match in between doesn't really matter. And then you get like, okay, well, we definitely know it's Paige's time. We know it's MJF's time. We know it's CM Punk's time. We know it's John Moxley's time. We know it's Joe's time. Like, it'd be nice to have. I mean, what's like the most surprise you ever been on an AEW title change? Uh, honestly, I don't. I don't think I have been. <laughs> yeah, where it didn't feel like a foregone conclusion before the match even happened, right? None. So what's your WWE version of that? There's lots, right? Without even, I, that's oh, a big question. Oh, what's the WWE version of the title switching? Yeah, like a, a surprising title change that. Oh, yeah. There's I mean, there's a, a, a million, right? And that's money in the bank has a lot to do with that and stuff like that. But that's a big deal, right? Yeah. 
this company is not a year old. It's five years old. Like, can you imagine if you have WCW from 94 to 99 and know that none of those title changes are compelling and like, like a surprise, like not ideal. Right. So just, that's something to think about. I don't think you need two brands. I don't think you need to like hotshot titles all the time, but having it happening on the table is important. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how I was going to word it. Like having it be an option should be there and it should be there. I think Matt for like the right situation. And maybe this is it. Like maybe this is the right time, you know, to, 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 to do that. Um, like if Swerve yeah. won, it would be that would be the answer, right? I'm like, oh my god, Swerve won. This is crazy. Yeah. So yes, yes. So you just want it on the table, and right now it really isn't for AEW. You know, I mean, it just really isn't. And and I think that's it's like that for a lot of matches in general. Like you have a lot of matches on AEW TV where you just you kind of just know who's going to win, and that's not always a bad thing. It, predictability in wrestling isn't always bad. Like at WrestleMania this year. Cody's going to win the world title, I'm pretty sure. And that's not a bad thing, you know? You don't know that because they they didn't do it last year. But, it, you know, it's just not bad to have that if it makes sense. Um, but you do want to, like, keep the keep your audience on the edge of their seat a little bit, too. And so, yeah, AEW does not have a track record of that. And, you know, sometimes it makes sense to change the title, you know? And and, and when it does, you, you want to say yes and do it and not be afraid to pull the, to pull the trigger. Yeah. The two brands though. And then we'll, uh, I'll pull up Matt's other comment here. Um, AW has an overbloated roster without two brands and two main titles. They are the worst at keeping main eventers hot and in good programs. So Matt, I saw this question come in and I was trying to think of a way to answer this. I don't, I think that like they do, they are bad at keeping main eventers hot and in good programs. No doubt. Um, but I don't think that's because they don't have two brands and two main titles. I think that there is a way to keep your main eventers hot and in good programs with, with one title, like, and, and two shows that wrestlers appear on. Like, I just, I just don't, I just, I think you're like, to me, you're connecting those two things and really they're two separate issues. Like they have a huge roster. Yes. And do they use it to its fullest potential? No. Um, are they bad at keeping main eventers hot? Yes. But like the answer to that to me is not necessarily a brand split and other titles. It's just book those guys better on the shows that they are on. And I think you'd be fine when that, if that's the case. So I don't think two brands is just the answer to that problem. That is a different problem altogether. Tyler? Yeah, I definitely don't think you need two titles, two main titles. There's so many titles, Matt. You know what I mean, man? Like, there's tons of titles. I'd say less titles, the better in general. But, you know, I don't know if you need two brands, per se, because Collision is a death zone for anybody. And I don't think that's going to help them. (laughs) Death zone. So if you had two shows that had similar viewership, right? Like, let's say one was getting 800, one's getting 650. Then I think if you had, like, hey, we we don't really say it, but, you know, there's these three babyface, these these three heels, like top guys. If you have twelve top guys, three, 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 three on each show, and yeah, maybe they'll interact occasionally on the other shows, but they're ninety percent of the time they're on Dynamite or the other show. That that helps just like that's just human nature where you know like, hey, this is kind of the play area that I have to do, and if I know I can 
move these pieces around a little bit easier. They know where they're going to be every week. All that stuff. Is, it just makes it a lot easier. And yes, when you have big moments, you have them pop on the other show. So don't do it per se like a hard brand split, but I think a soft brand split is what I would do if you had two shows worth it, but you don't right now. So yeah. instead I would choose eight guys, make sure they're on every, you know, you're on dynamite every three weeks. And then if you're not on dynamite, you're on collision just so you rotate your star power effectively. It would also help like the soft brand split to your point, mm-hmm. I think would help ticket sales. Cause like if I were like, nobody knows where the heck anybody's going to be on these shows. Like, yeah. like the, the dynamite, you have a, some kind of a good idea of who's going to be there at AEW. You kind of know who's going to be there mm-hmm. or as collision. You kind of know who's going to be there. Um, but a soft brand, but might help like sell tickets to those shows. Cause you know that like, okay, dynamite's in town in two months. MJF's going to be on that show. And Adam Cole is going to be on collision. Like, I think I think that would help that. I know that that's what I look for when I, you know, buy tickets to wrestling shows, you know, like mm-hmm. it's like all right, who's who's wrestling on the show is usually, you know, a question that you ask. So, I think that's a I think that's a really good point. All right, last but not least, we will finish off with a Matt super chat and thank you Matt for these and thank you for supporting the show and and, and participating. Love the live chat right now too. You guys are going crazy in there. It's awesome to see. Um we got some new faces as well. Um and so it's uh, so fun to, to watch you guys interact and uh, be able to have this conversation with you guys on a, on a nice little Thursday afternoon here. But we'll wrap up with uh, – it's only fitting to wrap up with a question about Sting. Matt says, hold up. How is Sting not a great promo, especially as the Crow until now? The only sure thing about Sting is nothing is for sure. It's showtime, folks. Um, yeah, Matt, I think you're referencing the show that I did yesterday. Um live here on the Brashery Media YouTube channel, Wednesday afternoons. So it's called Spotlight. We just hone in on one topic. Um, yesterday, we talked about Sting for a good hour. Um, and I, yeah, I, I made the point that I didn't think Sting was a great promo. Um, and Matt, I'm willing to defend that, my friend. I am willing to defend that statement. He, to me, he's very yelly, <laughs> very yelly. And as I said yesterday on the show, like, his voice just doesn't connect like necessarily like with how he presents himself. And I thought that always kind of threw me off with promos too. He also habitually like lost his way in promos and then would just yell after that. So I would challenge you, Matt, like find me like a good, a, a great sting promo. Genuinely. Like I'm interested to see like what, which one you'd come up with because I don't, I couldn't, I just couldn't think of one sting. In front of it's a crowd, a, right? Not a pre In front of a crowd. Yeah, yeah. In front of a crowd. The and my the best thing that I the best like uh ammunition for my argument really though is he got mo- the most over he's ever been, not saying a single word. Like that to me is like the aura of state. Like he didn't need to be a good promo. And that was my point yesterday, too, was that he was able to be this big star. You know, and he didn't have to have those big promo skills because he had energy and he had mystique and he had aura. And I think that filled the gap for just not being a great talker. So it's really not a knock on him. He brought other things to the table. And so it was actually like I was actually kind of, you know, crediting him with like leveraging what he did do well and leaning into that more so than trying to pick up a mic every week. Um, 
and work his way through promos. It just was not, in my opinion, like his top skill set. So that's and I stick with that. But Matt, yeah, let Matt in, let, let us know. Would love to go back and watch some of your favorite Sting promos because I generally just don't think of Sting as a talker guy. How about you, Tyler? Yeah, I would just like counter this whole conversation with is Undertaker a good promo? Is like Kane a good promo? Was Andre the Giant a good promo? Right? Like there's some things that are some characters that I think it just depends what you think a promo is, right? And what, how you define it. Mm-hmm. Like a promo today in modern wrestling is you open raw and talk for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, right? That is not what it was in the 80s, right? You had a tape in front of a live studio audience that you could probably do more than once and get the best take and work some stuff out a little bit like stand-up where you can do it on the yeah. road where no one sees you and then you film your special, right? That's kind of why all those guys are really good promos because they're more like comedians working their stuff until it worked, right? So, and, and, and on the on the road until you get into the studio and film your six weeks of content and you go out and work before you tape your six weeks again later. So there's that. Um, So I think sting and undertaker and Kane and all and are good promos, but not in the same way that, you know, triple H is a good promo. Um, It's just that they dominate through talking or not talking, right? Like sting in that air where he didn't talk dominated the screen every time he was out there. And is that, you know, is LA Knight a good promo because he leans on gimmicks? I think he is, but some people would argue that he's not because he leans on those gimmicks, right? It just depends. Like, if you're over, to me, you're a good promo. That's like my baseline. And Sting's been over for a long time, so I would say he's a good promo because people care about him when he's there in front of them. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. Roderick Strong, is he a good promo? No. He got something over, but it didn't help him get over, like, as a character, right? So he's probably not a good promo, whether he could talk or not. So that's just how I look at it. So I don't think that's just like anything. It's it's your opinion in a promo. Tech is one thing. A a definition is a promotion of your character. So that is like a pre-taped vignette is more of a promo than anything. But you should think of it more as a script, in my opinion. When someone's talking, it should be like a character who stole the scene. Or did you really get your point across to get you into the next act of the movie, et cetera, right? So that's how I look at a promo, more so than talking in, into a microphone. Well, and, and like when Sting was coming up too, like the promo was, it was different. Though. I mean, it was like, hey, Sting, go talk and sell this pay-per-view and sell mm-hmm. some tickets like to the next show. Um, you know, yeah, you'd kind of do that now, like in some instances, like, you know, Cody Rhodes – should have like a go home promo in the ring where he talks about what's he, what he's going to do at WrestleMania, like the big baby face, like go home promo. Um, that I don't think is Sting's strong suit, you know, like he just needs to like look down on you from the, the rafters and there you go. Boom. Sold, you know? Um, so that's why I want to make sure to say like, I'm not knocking Sting, you know, saying that he's not a good promo because he just, need to be he did a lot of other things that sold i mean he's part of the hottest one of the hottest angles in the history of wrestling you know by not mm-hmm. saying a word not everybody can pull that off so it's it's a compliment more than it is um oh, yeah. truly truly all right guys boy fun show we went long uh, appreciate you sticking with us um we are going to go record a fun members only show where we talk a little wrestlemania and we are going to predict 
and, uh, and give our super early predictions for what the lineup and match order is going to be for WrestleMania. So you should be interested in that. Be interested in that. <laughs> Join us. Uh, become a Patreon member. Yeah. And take notes and hold us accountable. See how well. Yes. We yes. Run us through the ringer on social media when we get it all wrong. Uh, Patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. If you want to become a member, um, you get that. You get a members only show once a week. You're going to get our post AEW Revolution show this weekend um, and uh, Discord community access, all sorts of fun stuff. So uh, hopefully you give us a shot and you enjoyed uh, the show today. We certainly enjoyed hanging out with you. Thanks to everybody who joined us live. Thanks to everybody who joined us uh, with super chats. It really helps us out, guys. Um, and we uh, certainly appreciate it. And thank you. You can stick with Brass String Media all weekend long for your Revolution coverage. We'll have the full Tony Khan uh, media call up on our YouTube page if you want to listen to that. Um, I'll have a column uh, about that um, later today or tomorrow, so you can look forward to, to reading that. Um, and so much more as news breaks for Revolution on Sunday. Cool. Uh, Tyler, appreciate it, man. Thank you so yeah. much. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys all really, really soon. See you.